We praise the Lord for Maranatha Baptist University, the opportunities that we've had to work with them on some things and to have their groups here and to see them standing for truth and continuing on uh, in the right direction. So we're looking forward tonight to uh, the ministry that they've prepared for us. We're going to open in prayer, and then I'm simply going to turn it over to them and whatever uh, their uh, list of musical uh, songs and sharing from the word. We'll just let them do the way they want to do it. Pray for this group. They'll be on the road all summer. Three months, probably. Three full months. I have a son-in-law who did that one summer. He was tired when he got done. But it was a great opportunity. And we look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ that brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your dear Son. It gave us a desire to hear the songs of heaven, the sound of grace put to music, the sounds of truth. And Father, we pray tonight that you would minister through this group and to this group that as we share tonight in a an opportunity of worship, of praise, of edification, uh, Lord, that you would strengthen our own hearts, strengthen them for this summer ministry opportunity that they'd have. Lord, we pray for your blessing upon Maranatha Baptist University and its continued work in preparing men and women for ministry. Bless this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good evening. We are uh, the Heritage Singers from Maranatha Baptist University. We're thrilled to be here with you tonight. We counted a privilege to be able to be on the road traveling and to get to be in churches and local churches and minister. And that is our goal tonight. We hope to, to, to point your attention towards God. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves as performers, but we hope that you'll be listening to the words that we're singing and, and thinking about the text of some of the songs that we play on the instruments and that, that those words will draw your heart to point your, point your worship toward God, who alone deserves it. And that, that really is our heart tonight. We'd like to take a minute to introduce ourselves, just so you know a little bit of who we are. My name is Peter Holloway. I get to lead this team this summer. I am a graduate student at Maranatha, just finished my first year in biblical studies, and I live in Birmingham, Michigan. Good evening, my name is Micah Gillespie. I'm from Georgetown, Texas, and I just finished my undergrad studying piano pedagogy and church music. Hello, my name is Alicia Beachel. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I just finished my junior year as a music education major. Hi, I'm Sarah Rogers. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm going to be a junior in the fall, and I'm studying special education. I'm from Birmingham, Michigan. My name is Thomas Holloway, and I just finished my sophomore year studying Bible. I graduated with two degrees, one in education, one in music, and actually, no, one degree in education and music and then another one in digital media. I get those mixed up all the time. Uh, my name is Seth Gillespie and I am from Watertown, Wisconsin. I'm Emily Kinstead. I'm from Whitewater, Wisconsin, and I just graduated with a degree in piano pedagogy and general music. And the next song will be a string number that the guys will be playing for us, Come Thou Fount of Many Blessings. This song reminds me of God's path of grace throughout my life and all of the blessings in my life really are undeserved and are way above anything I could ever I could ever plan for myself and anything that I deserve and um, it says Jesus sought me while a stranger wandering from the fold of God and even after I'm saved after he has brought me to himself I am still prone to wander and I feel that if you're like me you feel that keenly that proneness to wander but this song is a prayer that he would bind our wandering hearts to himself Thank you. 
that throughout my life already, I've gone through several trials and several ups and downs, and I'm sure you guys have too, especially looking back at this past year, it's been really hard, and it's been really easy to be discouraged and to feel completely af afraid and alone, and that no one really understands what we're going through, even though we're all going through similar trials. But as Christians, we know that we have Christ and that he holds us in his hands and that he doesn't let go of us. We're all going to struggle throughout our life. We're all going to have those trials. But we have so many great promises that are given to us in the Bible. One of them is found in Hebrews 13, and it's that he doesn't leave or forsake his children. And as his children, we can confidently say that we are not afraid.
lot of times when we come to even a service like this, we often forget why we're here. We forget why we've come. Sometimes it's just because it's what we always do. It may even be in obedience to, to the command of God to, to, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And that's not a bad reason. Obviously, we're obeying the commands of God. But we often forget that we come to worship because God is worthy of our worship. In fact, understanding what we do about God, knowing who God is, He's almighty, He's infinite, He's everlasting. He takes care of us, even as we've been singing already. The, the only natural response to what we know of our God is to worship Him. And that's really what this song is. It's a song of praise to our almighty, infinite, worthy God. tonight. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope your heart has, as I said at the beginning, been pointed, uh, been pointed to God, been, uh, that you've been, you've been directing your worship to God and praising Him for, for who He is tonight. I would like to say a little bit, take, a, take some time to say a little bit about Maranatha, um, but honestly, it goes right along with our purpose for being here. Like I said, we're a ministry team, and that's, there's a reason that Maranatha sends out ministry teams as promotional teams. 
And it's because the mission of Maranatha is to develop leaders for ministry in the local church, both here and around the world, to the praise of His glory. That's, that's the main focus of Maranatha. They're focused on the local church and, and training leaders to serve in the local church, whether that be in full-time Christian service, as we sometimes call it, as a pastor, as a Christian school teacher, or whatever that might be, or in any of the myriad of other vocations that are out there, Maranatha doesn't believe that God calls every single person to, to be a pastor or to be a Christian school teacher. If he did, there would be no one to pastor and no one to teach. He calls people to, to work jobs in business. He calls people to work jobs in education, in nursing, in, in the arts and sciences. And that's why Maranatha has degrees for each one of those areas, all geared toward training leaders to be able to serve in the local church um, and to be able to come and fellowship with each other and worship with each other and have grounded relationships with God no matter what area of life they serve in. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's Maranatha's goal and that's why we have a broad and excellent education. And that's, I would say that's probably the most important thing that I can tell you about Maranatha tonight is that we're focused on the local church. Another one of my favorite things about Maranatha that I like to talk about is the fact that the professors on campus care about the students and there's an opportunity there for mentoring relationships. Many of them have open door policies where students can walk in pretty much whenever they're in the office and talk not just about a class they might be taking and a question they have, but even talk about life, get advice, get counseling on, on issues. And I would say personally that some of my biggest mentors, some of the people I respect the most, and even some of my best friends from my time on campus are my professors. Um, uh, I would say even though I finished my undergrad, my undergrad was in music, my music professors are still some of my best friends, some of the men I look up to the most, and I, I would trust them with pretty much anything in my life. And that's how much the professors care about the students. And I'm sure every single one of us can say the same thing about different professors that are coming to our minds right now, even as we talk about this, that have taken time to pour into our lives because they care about that mission of developing leaders and they want to invest personally in, in the students that they, they see that mission happening in. So I, would, I wanted, want to tell you tonight that, that Maranatha cares about the local church and that's their primary focus. The mentoring relationships um, that, that the professors take time to develop on campus are huge. And the last thing and also another one of my favorite things about Maranatha is the spiritual atmosphere that is there on campus. That's one of the things that sets us apart uh, from state schools. You can get a good education at a lot of state schools. Maranatha offers a, a, an excellent education as well, and the stats speak for themselves. If you have questions about that, uh, we have a table out back um, that you can stop by and, and get material and ask questions about. We can, we can walk you through how Maranatha offers an excellent education. But what sets us apart is really the spiritual atmosphere that's created on campus. Because of our mission, because we desire to develop leaders for ministry in the local church, Maranatha offers every single class from a biblical worldview, and the professors teach it with a biblical foundation, so that no matter what degree you get, no matter what field you enter the world to go into, business, nursing, education, like I said, whatever, you walk out not only knowing exactly what you're doing in your field and being excellently prepared uh, to be a good testimony just by being a good worker, but you also know what you believe, and not only that, but why you believe it. And all our classes are taught from the perspective of, of training leaders to be able to witness no matter what area of, of life they're in and to be, to be a good example for Christ, to be an example of the believer, really, as Second Timothy says. 
So that's, and because of that focus, it draws students that want that, that care about Christ. And I know personally, it has been a huge blessing to me to be on campus at Maranatha and to have friends around me, people my own age, that care about God, that care about serving Him, that, that want to grow and, and, and become better Christians, become more like Christ. And having friends like that all around me drives me toward that same goal. It, it makes me want to serve more. It gets me excited about, about what God can do through my life. And that's the, really the whole point of what Maranatha has created there. You can get, you get those that focus on the local church, those mentoring re- relationships, that spiritual atmosphere on campus, and also online in our excellent online programs. The professors show the same care. There's the same type of students that want to grow in their spiritual walks. So I would, I would encourage you, uh, if, if you're considering college right now, or even if you know somebody that is, encourage them to consider Christian education, and specifically Maranatha. And again, like I said, if you have any questions about that, we have a bunch of material on the table right outside the auditorium back there. Uh, we've got catalogs, financial aid brochures. Any questions you might have, we'll have people out there um, in the back to, to answer any questions you might have. I would encourage you to pick up one of the Advantage magazines that we have out there for free. Um, it's just a magazine that Maranatha puts out every year with stories of how God's using our alumni, what, what God is doing at the college, just some encouraging material um, to read and to... Um, to just put in your hands. We also have several CDs out there that are for sale. Most of them are one for 12, two for 20. I said one for 10, two for 12 the other night, and the pastor was really keen on taking me up on that. That's not the deal. It's one for 12, two for 20, three for 30, and up, on up just like that. Uh, several CDs that we've put out recently um, to get good music in your home. We have one CD that we've put out just, it just came out May 1st. Um, our newest CD from Maranatha entitled Come to Me. It's, it's Maranatha's choir, fully orchestrated, um, and it's been a huge blessing to me personally already. And some of the songs that we'll be singing tonight, Come Home, Prayer to Jehovah, those are both on that CD. So I'd encourage you to pick that up on the back table. Th- those are one for 15. If you want to buy five of them, it brings the price down to $65. That's a great deal. Again, just to get some good music in your home um, to encourage you to, to follow the Lord and, and be encouraged to lift your thoughts toward Him. Uh, I'm going to have the team come back, and we will sing In the Almighty King. We've already sung about the mercies and the help that God shows us throughout our whole life. And this song is no different. It talks about the mercies and the glories and the redeeming grace that can only be found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it also talks about the redeeming blood that he shed on Calvary for us. And it specifically mentions the word freely. And I know that we can get bogged down in hearing preaching all the time about salvation. And But how often do we really stop and think about that that salvation is completely free to us? We don't have to do anything to get that salvation other than receive the Lord Jesus into our hearts. So worship with us as we praise our Lord and Savior and sing of the things that are only found in him. In the Almighty King, what majesties abound! Within Thy kingdom there is peace and glories all around. Thy name we now exalt to Thee.
which comes a little bit from Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Many times I forget to pray and ask the Lord for strength each day, and I find out that I am not able to go throughout the day without the Lord. Um, and we need to remember that he is our strength. He is our shield. He is our protector. And we cannot do anything without him. We need to rely on him every day um, as we worship him. Till I want no more. 
said in the beginning, our goal is not to give a concert, but rather to point your praise and our praise back to the one who deserves it. Because we have an amazing truth that God sent his son to die for us so that we can go to heaven and to see him there. Spirituals, oftentimes, are songs that are easy words to remember and an easy tune, one that will probably get stuck in your head. Um, there I go again. I lose my train of thought sometimes. Anyway. We have a glorious truth, again, that God sent his son. And we're going to go to heaven one day if we're saved. And the best thing that we have in heaven is God. Our Savior is waiting there for us. And ain't that good news? I got a crown of in that kingdom, in that good news. I got a crown of in that kingdom, in that good news. Good news. I'm gonna lay down this world, gonna shoulder up my cross, gonna take it home to my Jesus, in that good news. Good news. I got a robe of in that kingdom, in that good news. I got a robe of in that kingdom, in that good news. I'm gonna lay down this world, gonna shoulder up my cross, gonna take it home to my Jesus, in that good news, good news. I got a harp up in that kingdom, in that good news. I got a harp up in that kingdom, in that good news. I'm gonna lay down this world. Gonna shoulder up my cross, gonna take it home to my Jesus in that good news, good news. I got some slippers in that kingdom, in that good news. I got some slippers in that kingdom, in that good news. I'm gonna lay down this world, gonna shoulder up my cross, gonna take it home to my Jesus in that good news, good news, good news, hallelujah, good news, incredible to think that he gives us all of that all of those things those blessings that are waiting for us in heaven and we did nothing to deserve them even as Christians even as Christians who maybe have lived a full life in service to God it has all been done through his strength right and yet he gives the grace he gives us these blessings in heaven that we don't deserve it's it, it just it blows my mind when I think about it when when the Bible talks about about God desiring to spend all of eternity showing us his goodness and there's just there, there's no way in the world that we deserve any of that 
and yet he's so good to give it to us. But even here on earth, during this life, he shows us grace. He gives us things that we don't deserve. And uh, I want to take the next 15 minutes or so to, to uh, talk about one such passage that shows us one of those things. Turn, if you will, to Psalm 25. We're going to be just looking at verses 12 and 13. Psalm 25, verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease. His seed shall inherit the earth. The main point of this verse, of these two verses, really, is if we fear the Lord, He will bless us. It's the basic promise that's found in these verses. Who is it that fears the Lord? That person, God will instruct in the way He should go. God will bless him. His soul will dwell at ease. His seed will inherit the earth. Now, a lot of times, we get this word fear mixed up with a different meaning that we use today. This is not, this is not the fear that kids have of being punished from their dad, right? This isn't the fear of snakes that, that you may have, the fear of spiders. It's a, this is a different idea altogether, and we don't really use the word fear in this way anymore. But as I was kind of thinking through how to explain it, um, it, it came to mind this way. I have not always loved to drive. In fact, I just really had no desire to drive a car. You know, I was uh, 15, 16, <laughs> 16. I just remembered this interesting fact. I had my permit renewed six different times before I ever got my license. <laughs> Man, I hadn't thought about that in a while. But yeah, I did. And that was, uh, some of it was just my family situation. We were moving and it was weird timing. But some of it was that I just, I had no desire to really get out there and drive. Because what happens if I'm behind the wheel of this powerful machine and I make a mistake? Somebody could die, right? Some, or somebody could get seriously hurt. I just had no desire to have that, that power in my hands. But I, I can drive now, by the way. I do have my license. I, we're good. I can drive. And as I learned to drive, and as I became more comfortable behind the wheel of a car, I came to understand that, yes, there's, there's, there's huge potential for, for great destructive power, but there's also great potential for good. It allows me to do a lot of things that I couldn't do before I, drive, before I could drive. And those concepts kind of fit into the way that fear is used in this passage. We fear the Lord, yes. We understand His mighty power, and we understand His judgment of sin and His holiness, where no sin can be in His presence. But we also understand the love that He has for us. We understand His, His great sacrifice demonstrating that love to us so that we could have a relationship with Him. He did die. He suffered the worst death man, man could possibly devise so that we could have a relationship with him. And this is, this is that same God. So no, we don't, we don't fear him, especially as Christians, as ones who have accepted him into our lives, we don't fear him like we fear snakes or driving. Yes, we recognize the power of God, 
but we also understand that he loves us and that power is working toward our good because our God loves us and we don't deserve that but we must live in that fear of God we must live in the light of who we know God to be knowing that he loves us and that he's working for he's working for our good which means we obey his commandments and we love him and we love other people through the love that he gives us that's living in the fear of the Lord and so as Psalm 25:12 says what man is he that lives in that way that fears the Lord God says him will he teach in the way that he shall choose so friends have you become disillusioned with your life of faith are you wondering if God really does take care of his people? I know life can be hard. There, there's, there's things that come into our lives that, that we think, okay, how could God be being good to me in this situation? But God has promised that he will take care of his people. And we see that right here. The first thing that, that God makes evident in verse 12 is that he will guide us. And another way of saying he, him will he teach in the way that he shall choose, him will he instruct in the way him will he instruct in the way that he should choose so this way this isn't God let me be careful in the way I say this this isn't God pushing us down a certain path you know how when you go into a car wash you drive into one of those little those tracks and it locks your wheel in and you can't really do anything at that point it just you know it, it drives you right through and you go where it tells you you know you have no control over where the car goes that's not what we're talking about here because God has given us a free will to make our own decisions obviously because we can sin and that's not God's will ever but God promises that the one who fears the Lord he will show them the way that they should choose to walk so how does he do this well first of all he does it through his law God has given us commands in his word to follow and friends, as you read the Bible, as you pray and communicate with God, as you begin to understand the commands of God that are there, and as you begin, begin to understand the values of God through those commands, what, what God finds valuable, what he really desires from your life, as we begin to understand those things, it makes many things clear as we go through our lives. It makes choices evident the way that we should choose. God guides us through his law. Psalm 94.12 says, Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law. He instructs us in the way we should choose by giving us his law. And in the vast majority of cases, that's really all that we need. In the vast majority of cases, when we have a choice, our, our daily choices before us, you know, really mundane example, should I... Should I show love and open the door for this person, or should I be selfish and not? Well, obviously, God has commanded us to love people. There's a whole bunch of commands in the Bible that could apply to even that simple situation. So yes, God's desire would be for you to show love to that person by opening the door for them. And many of our, of, of our, of our daily choices are, are informed by the commands that God gives us. But I know that many of life's biggest decisions are not that way. You know, what college should I go to? Who should I marry? Should I take this job? Should I move over here? 
how do I deal with this situational conflict that I just, I, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to go about resolving this. Huge, difficult situations that can be life-changing that don't necessarily have very clear moral implications one way or the other, you know, where you can look at a command, go to chapter and verse in the Bible, and say, yes, this is what God wants me to do. And in those cases, God gives wisdom. He promises that in James chapter 1, verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, freely, and upbraids not. He doesn't rebuke anyone, but he gives wisdom freely to anyone who desires it, to anyone who needs it, to anyone who doesn't have it, which, by the way, is all of us. <laughs> and I think, I, I know the older I get, the more and more I understand that I just have no idea what I'm doing. But God does. And he gives wisdom to direct in those, in those times. He gives us the ability to think, to, to decide wisely and skillfully. Psalm 51, 6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me truth in the secret heart. This is not new revelation, but God does give us, he gives us direction as we fear him. He promises that if you, if you live a life actively fearing him, understanding his love for you, and living in a way that reflects that to others and shows that you understand that, God will give you guidance in your life. But down, let's look down in verse 13. The second thing, in the second way in which God blesses us, Verse 13, his soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. His soul shall dwell at ease. To dwell means to reside or stay permanently. And the word, the word ease that's used here is, is, one, is of a person that's at home, that's resting comfortably, a safe place. God promises that if you live in the fear of him, if you live recognizing his love toward you, he will let you reside in peace. He will, as it says somewhere else in the Bible, I can't remember the reference right now, he will let you um, dwell, dwell in, in peace and safety if we fear him. Philippians 4.7 kind of reiterates this. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God promises us, excuse me, promises us peace if we live in fear to him. But how can we have peace in such a troubled world? There's <laughs> now more than ever, I think we understand just the crazy world that we live in after the past couple years, just I'm not even going to get into all the things that have happened. COVID aside, and there's no need to set COVID aside because it clearly demonstrates how crazy this world is. How, how can we have peace? How can we, how can we dwell in it, it, as if we're at home? How can we rest comfortably, continually, in a world that's as crazy as ours? Well, ultimately, it's because we know that Jesus is coming back. We know that no matter what happens here, we have a sure and eternal hope in that Christ is coming back for us. I mean, we have the Spirit now. We have the Spirit now, and, and He gives us that peace to rest in God and to know that God is in control 
and to know that God loves us and is working everything toward our good. But we have that ultimate joy to look forward to. John 14, verses 2 and 3, I go to prepare a place for you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Down in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. Christ has given us his own peace, his own rest in our hearts, no matter what's going on all around, because we know that he is coming back for us, that he cares for us, and not just that we'll be in heaven, but that we get to live with him. Friends, I want to I challenge you right now, if you don't know that peace, if you've never experienced the relationship with God that gives you the peace in your heart that you will be with Christ in eternity, no matter what happens here on earth, please find someone. I'm sure there are many people even sitting in this room tonight, I know any one of my team members or I would love to talk to you about how you can have that peace, how you can know that Christ has forgiven your sins and has allowed you to have a relationship with him and, and, and given you the, the, the assurance that you can live forever when you die with him in heaven. Now I challenge you, if, if that's you tonight, please seek out someone that can, that can tell you how to have that peace. But that's the peace that God blesses us with when we live in the fear of him. Let's go to the second half of that verse. And his seed shall inherit the earth. Okay, this is, this is a bit of an interesting one because we're in Psalms. It's in the Old Testament. And so we have to parse this out a little bit. This is referring directly to the promise of God to Israel to give them the land of Canaan. Okay? And that's a promise that he fulfilled. They possessed the land of Canaan after 40 years after the rebellion, but he still gave it to them. But this promise, it originated in, in reference to God's promise there, but it came to be synonymous, even in Jewish culture, with physical prosperity, with life and happiness. And today, to us, it indicates that God is faithful in keeping his promises. Just as he did, just think, how huge of a promise is it to give a chunk of land possessed already, by the way, by a whole bunch of other nations to a people group that have nothing. They just came out of, out of slavery. There's no... I mean, the, God gave them some organization, but there, there's really no way they should be able to do that. That's a huge promise that God made to them, and he fulfilled it. And friends, that's the power of the God that we have today that that has indicated over and over and over again throughout history, throughout the Bible, and I'm sure throughout many of our lives to you personally that he will fulfill his promises to you. As I was, as I was studying this passage, I decided to look up some of the promises that God has given to us. Philippians 1.6, he promises that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will continue your sanctification, growing you to be more like Christ until he comes again. Hebrews 13.5, he'll never leave us or forsake us. Philippians 4.7, which we just read, he'll give us peace. 1 John 5.14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We can pray to the God of the universe 
to our almighty, infinite, powerful God, and He hears us, and He answers our prayers. 2 Corinthians 4.17, the light affliction that we have now works an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's waiting for us. God promises that the trials that you're going through now, the hardships that you don't see how God could be working His good through that, He promises that even that is working an eternal and abounding, abounding, overabundant weight of glory that is waiting for us in heaven. Friends, this is our God. This is the God that keeps His promises, that has promised all of these things to us. And He lays it all out there for us if we will just live in fear of Him, if we will fear the Lord, if we will live understanding that yes, our God is powerful, but that our God loves us. And so we live according to His commands because we love Him. Because we know that the way that He directs us in is good. And He's working all things towards our good. So friends, don't let circumstances take your joy. Don't let doubts that God doesn't care about you take hold on your life. Remember, God sees faithfulness. And even when it doesn't seem like it, He is blessing you. He will bless you by guiding your way, by giving you peace, by fulfilling His promises to you. I'd like to close this out by reading the text of a hymn that I think is, is very appropriate to, to this passage. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul. Thy best, thy heavenly friend, through thorny ways, leads to a joyful end. I'm going to have the team come back up and sing one more song for you entitled Faithful Servant. As we live, fearing the Lord, anticipating his return, I hope you are looking forward and striving to hear those words come from your Savior's mouth. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I hope you're living so that when you see his face, that will be the message that you hear. Thank you.
God's people said, Amen. Amen. 